Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Good news is what gospel means. Jesus paid the price for you and I. And so the gospel doesn't cost us anything because he already paid the price, but it demands everything. It demands that we be all in with God. And what often happens is we're afraid to go all in because we're afraid that we're going to miss out on what life has to offer. And it's not really true because the only thing you're going to miss out is what God has to offer. So you need to be all in with God. So I'm going to pray this morning. And I'm going to believe God today that we'll be all in in faith. So I'm going to talk about faith today, that we need to be all in in faith. So let's believe God together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I thank you for all the people that are here today. Lord, you know what state of mind they're in. You know uh, what spiritual state they're in today. So I pray today, God, that your word would just unfold. Your word would become real in their hearts and mind. God, that you will meet them where they're at today. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare your word. And I pray today, God, that you'll remove every distraction because there's so many things, God, that are on our minds, so many things that come from different directions that try to distract us from the things of God. So I just pray today, God, that we won't let the phone and pops up distract us today. We won't let Instagram pictures uh, distract us today, that we'll focus on the word. And I pray for the anointing of God, let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and so last week I talked about being all in with the purpose of God. In other words, God had the purpose for your life. But today I'm going to talk about being all in, in your faith with God. So let me ask you a question. Uh, You don't have to answer it verbally, but just in your mind, what does it take to please God? What would you say if somebody asked you, what does it take to please God? Now, some people think the way to please God is through ritual. In other words, you begin to do certain prayers, certain rituals over and over again. And through these rituals, uh, uh, whether you light a candle, whether you light an incense, uh, whatever you do, that somehow it's going to please God. And it may seem very religious, and it may seem something like what pleases God. But it really doesn't say that in the Bible. If you were to ask someone, what does it take to please God? Some people say, well, you have to follow a certain amount of rules and regulations. And you make these lists of what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And if you do everything on the do list and you don't do everything on the don't do list, then you're going to be okay with God. Well, that's Santa Claus. That's not the Bible. And so when you begin to read the word of God. What does it really take to please God? It's not religion. It's not something that uh, some ritual or religion or you observe certain days or you observe certain things that you do uh, and that's going to make you part of the family of God. It may make you feel good, but that's not the word of God. So it is not rituals. It's not rules. It's not regulations. It's not religion. God is interested in a relationship. I said, God's interested in a relationship. 
a personal relationship with, you, with him. In other words, he wants you to learn how to trust him. And so the Bible said that it's impossible to please God unless you have one thing. And what is that one thing? All in faith. Thank you. Faith. And here's the scripture right here out of Hebrews 11.6. If you want to know how it pleases God, it says this, Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So you may be asking, what is faith anyway? When it comes to faith, what is faith? And the Bible gives us some clear understanding of what faith is. And in fact, sometimes faith can be a little confusing. And I would just kind of want to bring out some understanding of what faith is because there are different aspects of faith. In fact, we're going to talk about six different aspects of faith, but I want to just cover what faith is because the book of Hebrews chapter 11 really is the definition of faith, gives us examples of faith. We would call it the hall of faith. How many have ever heard of the hall of fame? This is called the hall of faith. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 11. People ever ask you, what is faith? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and you're going to find exactly what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 starts with this. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Another version says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is certain, it is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Men of God in the old days were famous, what? For their faith. By faith, by believing God, we know that the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command, and they were all made from things that can't be seen. So the scripture has given us uh, some great understanding of what faith is. So number one, write this down. All in faith is believing even when we don't see it. I said believing even when we don't see it. Faith is visualizing the future in the present. It's seeing things in advance, even though you may not see it in the natural, you see it in your heart, you see it in your soul. You're confident that God is going to ship things, that God is going to move, that actually you believe it in your heart before you see it in your hand. And I'll give you an example of this, uh, of the story of this military officer who was aboard a passenger, uh, um, a, a, passenger, a passenger ship, and the ship was caught in a bit of a storm, and as the storm was raging against the ship, uh, and the ocean was moving the ship, uh, the, his wife, the officer's wife, was pretty frantic. She was pretty afraid, uh, and she began to panic. And she finally began to cry and grab a hold of his sleeve. And she was crying and, and he was trying to calm her down. He was trying to get her to calm down that everything was going to be okay. And so finally the officer who had a sword with him, he pulled out his sword and he pointed it to his wife's heart. And he said, do you believe that I'm going to strike you with this sword? She goes, of course not. 
And he said, why not? He goes, because I know and I trust you that you love me and that you'll never hit me or you'll never strike me with that sword. He said, can I tell you that God is in charge of the storm, that he'll never let it harm you, that he'll protect you if you trust him. And I'm here to tell you today that that's exactly what God will do. Now, I'm going to spoil the story because obviously this guy was not in the hood, but had it been in the hood and the guy turned out the sword like that, do you trust her? She would have said, put out the gun. He said, what about this, right? But I spoiled the story. But anyway, uh, what I want to say to you as human beings, we often think, I'll see it. I, I won't believe it till I see it. And yet God's saying, you need to believe it first before it even comes to pass. Something you have to believe in order, a lot of us have to believe in order to see it. But yet over and over, we find even in life, there are things that you have to see or see in your heart before they're actually done. An architect has to plan it before he actually sees it. An artist has to create it in his mind before he actually paints it. A, a man who has a woman in his eye has to believe he's going to marry her before he actually sees it. Somebody say amen. An Olympic athlete has to see himself breaking the record before he actually does it. You have to believe that it's possible in advance before you even see it. We sing that song, even though I don't see it, amen, you're working. How many believe that? God's working. Even though you don't see it, you don't feel it, God's working. He never stops. He never stops working, right? He never stops working. God is always working behind the scenes. Even though you don't see it, even though you don't feel it, you believe it by faith that God is going to do something great. So I want you to realize today you have to believe it. Before you see it, that's faith. There is a man by the name of Warner Von Braun, and he's the father of what they call the space age, and he built the Saturn rocket that sent men to the moon. And he made this statement. Again, this is not a believer. He said, there had never been any significant achievement in human history that was not accompanied by faith. This scientist understood that all we have and all that we've created have to have a degree of faith. That someone had to dare to believe that something was possible even though it hadn't been done yet. Faith can turn dreams into reality and ideals into inventions. This is just in the secular world. How much more as people of God that we need to believe God that God can do something even though we don't see it. Now, I was thinking about this uh, just the other day. I was thinking about Pastor Rob and, and, and Carly. They just came back from Texas. They were ministering there in our Texas church in Huddle, Texas there with Mike and, and uh, uh, um, my goodness, Jessica Hernandez. Well, I'm forgetting all these names already. But they're ministering there, and I was just thinking about how uh, yet, you know, I, I, I was thinking about these churches that are in Texas. We have three functioning churches there in Texas. We have one in Huddle. We got one in Pflugerville, another one in San Antonio, and who, who knows how many much more, right? And, and uh, we, we've got another church that just recently been planted uh, by Pastor Eddie, and yet I remember we were just one small church, 
I remember at a time of years ago, it was a very small church, and we were just kind of struggling to survive. Some of you might even remember, some of you that might have been here, and I remember kind of believing God that one day our church would grow to hundreds that our church would grow and that we'd be able to plant churches one day. And today I've been thinking about, we, we are a reach network. We have churches in Colorado, Washington, Texas, uh, uh, Northern California, Central California, uh, Southern California, across the border in Ensenada and Colombia. Faith turned dreams into reality. I'm here to tell you today, you gotta have, have all in faith today. The second thing, write this down, all in faith is obeying God even when you don't understand it. And God gives us examples after examples in the word of God of people that believed God and acted in faith and obeyed God even though they didn't understand all the instruction. One was by a guy by the name of Noah. And just think of the doubt that Noah might have had when God told him, hey, I want you to build a boat, but I don't want you to build it near water. In fact, I'm going to bring the water to you. Could you imagine Noah was thinking, how in the world? He goes, I, God told him, I'm going to flood the world, and I'm going to save your family, and you're the only family that I'm going to save. Could you imagine what Noah was thinking? Like, did I hear that right? You know, was that a bad burrito the night before that had bad pizza? Was this really what I heard that God told me that I'm supposed to build a boat in the middle of nowhere and he had to be all in in the plan of God? Look at what it said. Again, the, the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, it was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about something that had never happened before. So he had to obey God even though he didn't understand it, even though it didn't make sense, even when he had doubts, even when he had questions. It never happened before. The Bible said that there never had been a flood ever. In fact, it had never rained before. Think about that. There was no rain. Uh, the Bible talks about that the earth had a mist, and that's what, what watered the ground, the dew, but the, the condensation. But there had never been rain. It was a different kind of atmosphere. Perhaps maybe that's why people live longer. I don't know. But it was a different kind of atmosphere, and God was about to shift everything. It never rained before, and God telling Noah, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to flood the earth. Could you imagine Noah said, what's the flood? He said, don't worry, you'll see it. Uh, it's going to rain. He goes, what's rain? Don't worry. Uh, it's like a lake being poured out from the sky. It's coming on you. And Noah had to obey God. And then he told him, I want you to build this boat in the mid middle of the desert, and I'm going to bring the water to you. Could you imagine Noah had to obey God even though he didn't understand it? He was under the pressure of ridicule. I imagine that people begin to mock him and say, this fool is building a boat in the desert. Well, I can't believe this guy. I imagine they were mocking him and talking about him and saying, how could he do this? And yet Jesus references Noah. And he says in Luke chapter 17, Jesus says, 
as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So this ark is a metaphor of what would come in the future, that Jesus would be the ark that would save you. That he would be the one that would lay his life down for you. And so this was the metaphor, and Noah had no idea. He had to obey God. See, you don't have to understand completely. Did you, under, did you hear me today? You have to understand completely to obey immediately. A lot of us today say, well, give me some understanding. I got to understand what's going on. No, faith says, you know what? I don't understand it all, but I'm going to obey God. Faith always involves a risk. Some people want a guarantee before they obey God. God, can you guarantee all this is going to work and then I'll, I'll do it? I, I, I want to believe, but if I don't see it, I'm not going to obey. Faith obeys even though you don't understand it. Back in 1989, my wife and I came to Paramount. This was a long time ago, believe it or not. And uh, I was a lot younger, just a few years younger. And we, were, we weren't really sure where we were going to go. And I remember before we came to Paramount, we drove along Orange County. We went through Long Beach and we came and we drove right into Paramount. And I remember I looked at my wife and I said, I think this is where God wants us to be. And she said, I believe this is the place. And I, I was thinking, man, how are we going to do this? God impressed it in our hearts. Now, there was a lot of reason to doubt why to come to Paramount. Number one, I was 24 years old. Number two, I didn't know anybody in the city of Paramount. Number three, I had never pastored or been a senior pastor of a church in my life. And number four, you ready for this? I was scared to death. <laughs> But I had to operate in faith, amen, and I want you to realize that this church was not founded on some grand scheme, it was founded in faith, are you with me? Somebody had to believe God, that God was going to do something, a simple act of obedience, and I think today, if I didn't obey God, where would I be today? What I would have missed out on. What the joy of seeing lives change and transform. All it takes is simple obedience, obeying God even when you don't understand it. Do you know that even in the word of God, there are about 1,050 commands that God gives you? 1,050. I mean, when you read the word of God, God over and over is telling us to do things. And every time God tells you to do something, listen to me, he's testing your heart. Are you going to believe him? Or are you going to believe God or your gut? Which one are you going to, is your gut is what you're supposed to believe or God, right? Am I going to believe God and do the right thing? Or am I going to believe myself and do the wrong thing? Out of the 1,050 commands, many of them are unreasonable. Many of them sometimes are unusual. Many times when God asks us to do something, they are inconvenient but yet, how many know if your heavenly father's telling you to do them, you need to obey God? This is what trust is about. Do you remember when you were a kid and your parents or your father or your mother would tell you to do something and it didn't make sense to you? Make up your bed. Why do I need to make up my bed? 
I'm just going to mess it up tonight anyway. Why do I need to do it? Because we didn't realize it teaches you discipline, right? Why, you know, you have to get up at a certain time. You have to go to bed at a certain time. There is the curfew. You need to do your chores, or chore, chores, right? You need to do your, your duties. You need to go to school. Now, how many of us hated that? Like, why do I need to go to school? Because you're going to be a fool if you don't. You need to go to school. So, you know, our parents would tell us to do things, but when we were kids, most of the time they seemed unreasonable. We didn't understand it. We didn't have the wisdom. We didn't have the maturity to understand what our parents were trying to impart into us. And the, and the worst thing I hated when I would ask my dad or my mom, why do I need to do it? They said, because I'm your mom and I'm telling you to do it. Because I'm your dad and I said so. How many hated that answer? I'm your dad, and I said so. I remember one time as I became my dad, and my kids told me, I remember I'm hearing myself echo my dad, because I'm your dad, and I said so. That's not a good reason. That is. See, here, here's what I want to say to you. They may not be a good reason, but it is a revelation. The quicker you know who your dad and mom is, the quicker you'll begin to obey. When you realize that they have your best interest in mind, when you realize that they want the best for you, uh, that they're trying to save you from unnecessary heartache, that they're trying to save you from uh, things in your life later on, it becomes revelation over reason. See, God is wiser than our parents. How many would say amen? And so when we ignore what he tells us, uh, we're going to end up doing foolish things. See, what you don't learn from instruction, uh, you're going to learn from experience. I try to tell people all the time, don't do this. Don't go that direction. You're going, oh, no, I I know what I'm doing. Yeah, okay, you're going to learn from experience because you won't listen to instruction. When you come to church, God's trying to tell you, speak to you, but what do you do? No, no, I'm going to do it my way. I got it together. I know better. You know better. So what you don't learn from instruction, you will learn from experience. See, the Bible is God's manual for your life. If you ignore it, you're not only going to hurt God, you're going to hurt yourself. And there's a lot of time, things doesn't make sense. God tells us to do things, it doesn't make sense. He tells you to forgive that person that hurt you. That don't make no sense. Am I right? Don't look at me, holy. You know what I'm talking about. That don't make no sense. Why do I need to forgive that person? The natural thing is be resentful, retaliate. Why? I need to hurt back. We want to be bitter, and we don't understand why God tells us to do things, but if you'll get a revelation rather than a reason, it changes everything. When you begin to serve God out of revelation more than reason, then you'll begin to learn to do the right thing, and you'll find out today that you'll obey God a lot more quicker Than just out of reason. Number three, write this down. Faith is giving when I don't have it. Oh, yeah, everybody got quiet when I said that. Faith is giving when I don't have it. Giving and faith go together. God uses finances. Listen to me, you people that don't give. God uses finances (laughs) to test our faith. God uses finances to test our faith. This is real. Have you ever had to decide between tithing and paying a bill? 
It's going to test your faith. Look at what it says. Malachi 3.10 says, bring to the storehouse a full tenth of what you earn, so there will be food in my house. Talking about the house of God. Test me in this, says the Lord, all powerful. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing you need. God is saying, who are you going to trust? Are you going to trust yourself or are you going to trust God? Are you going to trust the promises of God? Are you going to put God first? Or are you going to put yourself first? Hebrews chapter 11 gives us an example of a guy that gave my faith. In fact, he's in the book of Hebrews. His name is Abel. And Abel is listed here as doing something great. But when I begin to read, Abel didn't do anything great. He didn't have any great accomplishment. He didn't really do any great achievement. But you know what he did do? He gave an offering by faith. And that's why he's recognized in the book of Hebrews. God put him in the hall of faith. Why? Because he was the giver. Look at Hebrews 11.4. It was faith that made Abel's offering to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Through faith, God, what, approved his giving. Think about this. When he gave my faith, God approved it. In other words, there was an attitude that he was putting God first. He gave by revelation, not by reason. See, a lot of us, we give by reason, not by revelation. What do I mean by reason? We look at our bank account. Can I afford to give to God? Can I afford to give, give that money to God? Man, I could use that money for something else. You begin to give by reason. You begin to add everything up. Say, oh, you know, according to what I have, you know, I can spare a dollar. I can spare five bucks, you know. You know, Starbucks gets more than God sometimes, right? And can I tell you that faith, giving requires faith because an atheist can give by reason. But Christians give by faith. They're giving out of revelation. They're giving out of revelation that God is the giver and so therefore I ought to be a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. Am I right? So giving is an act of faith. My wife and I this year will be married 39 years. Hallelujah. I got that right. 39 years. We got married in 1984, the day the Olympics opened in Los Angeles. It was an Olympic wedding. Can I tell you that right now? And uh, it was July 28th, 1984 that we got married. And uh, we decided ahead of time that when we got married, one thing that we would not compromise, and that would be our giving to God. That every income, everything we earn, uh, we were going to give our tithes to God faithfully. No matter what happened, we were grateful for what God's doing in our life. And we made sure before we paid a bill, before we paid any debt, we would give our tithes first. That was the first thing that we did. Back then we had checks. I know most of you don't even know what a check is. But we used to write checks and you used to have to record your check and your balance and all of that. And I remember we were the first thing before any bill, before we even paid our rent. We were going to give our tithes to God. That was something we would not compromise. That was something that would not we would not negotiate. And can I tell you, we're going on 39 years since we've been married. And we have never stopped tithing. We've always given to God first always 
There were times when our job, my job slowed down, all of this, and I was working a furlough hours and all of that. Still didn't matter. I'm going to give to God first. Now, a lot of you would be saying, Pastor, that's a lot for me. Can I tell you, God blessed you a lot. God saved you a lot. God forgave you of a lot. God's done a lot in your life. And if you'll learn to shift your mind when it comes to giving, because a lot of us today, we give out of reason, not out of revelation and faith. We don't give out of gratitude. You ought to be grateful for what God's done in your life. And that gratefulness should be reflected in what you give. In fact, the Bible says that the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, 3, because of their great joy, they gave even more than they could afford. Can I tell you something? I've talked to very successful, wealthy businessmen. And one of the things they've told me is they tell me the best time to give is when their business is in the dumps. The best time to give is when their business is in trouble. Because that's when God really begins to test their heart. And they said they've learned to give and they've seen the results of putting God first, that God blesses them and overflowing because they gave even when they didn't have it. They gave and said, you know, I'm going to believe God. See, when you give out of faith today, basically this happens. Many of us, what we'll do is I'll give to God when, when I have all this money. That's gratitude. That's not faith. When you give by faith is when you don't have it. When, when it's not man, when you're, when you're trying to make ends meet, but I'm going to put God first because God put me first when he gave his life on the cross. Can you say amen? Number four, write this down. All in faith is persisting even when I don't feel like it. How many have ever felt like giving up? All right, we've got about 90, 99% of you are liars, amen. How many have felt like giving up in your life? All right, all right, 50% of you. But here we go, right here. The opposite of our culture today, our culture says do everything based on your feeling. Faith is persisting even though we don't feel it. See, most of the time, our culture today, we live by our emotions, we're manipulated by our moods, and can I just be honest with you, mature people live by their commitment, not their emotions. Can I say that again? Mature people live by their commitment, not their emotions. Emotions come and go, but commitments keep you going. And so persistence is part of faith. You keep doing the right thing, even though you don't feel like it. I said, you keep doing this, the good thing and the right thing even though you don't feel like it. How many have ever felt a little grumpy and, and you didn't feel like being nice to people today? You didn't feel like, you felt a little selfish today. You felt like a, a little grouchy today. And today, you know what? I don't want to serve you. You need to serve me. And sometimes I've been there. I don't feel like helping my wife. I don't feel like being nice today. It may even shock you today. Sometimes I don't even feel like reading the Bible and I'm the pastor. Sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes I don't feel like being nice to people, but can I tell you, I can't live by my feelings. I've got to live by faith. I've got to live by my commitment to God. I may not feel like it, but I don't care. I need to do what God tells me to do because if I wait on feelings, the devil will make sure I never feel like doing anything, but I'm going to live my faith despite of how I feel. 
See, if you ever met anyone that's successful in life, especially people in business, they say this, the simple, the successful people are simply ordinary people who do what the average person doesn't feel like doing. And can I tell you, that's what separates the Olympic athletes from those that are regular. They work on it. They, 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 even though they don't feel like it, what, you know, even so they don't feel like working out, they're going to work out. What makes a difference from master musicians, from a basic musician, is they keep practicing even though they don't feel like it. Faith is persistent. Faith is refusing to give up. Faith is doing the right thing even though you're tired, even though it seems hard, even though, man, you feel like giving up, but but you develop this persistence. You keep on going. You keep on keeping on. You say, I'm going to stick it out. I don't feel like going to church this Sunday morning, but but you know what? I'm getting up anyway. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to wash my face. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to get my clothes ready. I'm getting in the car. And your feelings are saying, you don't feel like going. Shut up, feelings. I'm in my car today. I am walking by faith. I've said this before. There's times I didn't feel like coming to church, and I don't told feelings stay right over there, sit in the corner. I'm getting ready to go. By the time I get to church, all of a sudden feelings comes walking in the double doors, and all of a sudden feelings catches up to me. By the time the second song is up, I feelings already there. Thank God. Feelings, feelings following me. I'm not following feelings. I'm following faith. Can somebody say Amen. Hebrews 11:27 says this about Moses it was by faith that Moses left Egypt and was not afraid of the king's anger he held to his purpose like a man who could see the invisible he was persistent Moses at times, I'm sure, felt like giving up, but Moses kept on. He held on to God. See, sometimes you and I are going to want to get want to quit. We're going to want to feel like giving up on our, our, our marriage, feel like giving up on God, feel like giving up on school, feel like doing all this. But persistence says don't give up. And number six, write this down. Faith is thanking God before I receive it. You got to thank God before it even happens. See, some of us wait for it to happen, then we thank God. But you have to thank God in advance. Look at what it says about Joshua, Hebrews 11.30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down, excuse me, after the people had marched around them for seven times, around seven times, seven days, I'm sorry. So the children of Israel, we know the story, came out of Egypt. And they're going to go into the promised land. Now, Moses has already passed away. Joshua is now in charge. And the Bible said that God tells him, I want you to march around the city seven times. I don't want you to shout. I don't want you to make any noise. The Bible said they were able to blow the horns, but they were not making any shout. He goes, but on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. And at the end of the seventh day, I want you to blow the horns. I want you to shout a praise to God. And we know the story on the seventh day, the Bible said the walls of Jericho came tumbling down because today they saw God do it in advance. They were praising God before the walls even came down. And when they began to praise God in advance, the walls came coming down. That's faith. You got to believe God before the walls come down. You got to thank God before anything happens. You got to thank God before you even receive the blessing. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Faith is believing God that he's already doing it before you even see it. That you're thanking God in advance. It'd be like me giving you a, a gift card. If I had a gift card, I should have had a gift card up here because I know some of you would be running up here. But if I had a gift card, a $50 Amazon gift card, and I said, I got this $50 Amazon gift card uh, that I want to give to somebody. I might have it the second service. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe at least $25. We'll, we'll find a card. So if you, if you might miss it out in the second service. But if I had that card and I said, here's this gift card. And you came running up. I go to the first person that comes up here. And you came and grabbed that card. And how many of you would turn around and say, well, I'm not going to thank you, Pastor, until after I use it. You guys would say, man, that guy's ungrateful. <laughs> My goodness. He, 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 how many would say, Pastor, I believe you got money on that card. I, you know, I want to double check first, then I'll thank you. But most of us, what would, we would do was, once you got that card, you say, thank you. You're thanking me in advance. You know by faith that there's $25 or $50 on that card, and you're thanking me in advance. You're not waiting to use it first and then give me a thank you. Am I right? That's what faith is. We're saying, God, uh, we're going to thank you in advance because you're good on your word. Uh, it's not a card. It's your word. Somebody say amen. So we got to thank God in advance, that God's word that we can trust it. And number six, think about this. Faith is trusting God if I don't get it. Oh, this is a good one. In fact, I kind of waited for this one, for the last one, because I think some of you need, to, need a little bit of help. Can I drink some tea here for a minute? It says, faith is trusting God if I don't get it. See, some people try to make God like a vending machine. And we think that once we pray, we automatically get everything that we ask for. How many know God's not a vending machine? And sometimes vending machines will give you things you don't need. Like a lot of junk, am I right? And sometimes you go on a vending machine, if you just, you know, you'll ask for things. The vending machine can give you things that'll kill you. you. If you're a diabetic, you don't want to go on a vending machine with candy bars. Am I right? So God sometimes won't give you some things that are bad for you. Does the parent give everything a child wants? Of course not. If your 10-year-old says, Dad, can I have the car keys? I'm just going to borrow the car. They say, well, what, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you're my dad. You know, I, that's the, you know, you have the car. You have the keys. I'm asking if you'll just give me the car keys, and you would say, no way. Why? Because you know that's not good for your child. We want to meet the need, not the greed. Am I right? We want to meet the need. And so God wants to meet your need. And sometimes we think God is the vending machine so that every prayer that we ask, God is automatically obligated to give you what you want. Can I tell you, God is more interested in your character sometimes than your comfort. God's more interested in you being holy than you being happy. Well, if I had this, then I'd really be happy. Let me just give you a couple of things here. I'm going to go quickly. But faith is trusting God even though I don't get it. God hears every prayer that you pray, and God answers every prayer that you pray. You may say, well, you know, I prayed a lot of things and it didn't happen. So let me give you a couple of facts. Are you ready for this? Write this down because some of you really need to hear this. Sometimes when you pray, God will say yes. How many are just grateful for that? Man, yes, he answered that prayer. Sometimes when you pray, God will say no. That's not what you really need right now. 
Sometimes when you pray, God will say, not yet. Not yet. You need to wait. And sometimes when you pray, God says, I got a better idea. I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you something better. But all four of those answered prayers are equally valid. The yes, the no, the not yet, I've got something better. And we have to trust God that he knows what's best for us. Can you say amen? See, God's not a vending machine. God's not going to give you everything. And you've got to walk by faith and believe God. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, it's, it's, the, it's the chapter of faith. Look at what it says toward the end. It says, these were all commended. It talks about the people of faith. These were the hall of faithers or the hall of famers, okay? These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. But God had planned something better. Living by faith does not exempt you from problems, does not exempt you from issues. Living by faith is saying, God, I trust you. Even though I didn't get what I wanted, I trust you that you know what's best for me. I was listening to the radio station a number of years ago, and they were talking to a pastor who was from China. And the interviewer said, you know, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that persecution stop. We're going to pray for the end of persecution. And that leader said, oh, no, no, don't stop that. Don't pray that persecution away. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, it's because of the persecution that the church in China is growing. In fact, we're praying that America might get a taste of the same persecution. So that revival would break loose in America like we've seen in China. See, we sometimes, we pray for God to remove a problem. Instead, he keeps the problem because the problem will give you strength at times. You end up stronger than you've ever been. How many know we don't give our child everything they want because sometimes we spoil them? And sometimes we need to allow God to work through it. See, we don't like this kind of faith. But faith is believing God. Faith is trusting God. And let me just end it with this. There's two things that will help your faith grow. Number one, the Word of God. How many believe that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. John chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It's your spiritual food. That's why you come to church. We're, we're building that spiritual muscle that you have. We're encouraging you that you're hearing the Word of God and it's building your faith. But this is the second thing that builds your faith is the trials and testings. 1 Peter 1, 7, these trials are only to test your faith, and your faith is far more precious than mere gold. It will bring you much praise and honor on the day of his return. A faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. The only way your faith is going to grow and develop is there's going to be times of trial and battle. There's going to be times where you're going to have to go through it so you can grow through it. Can you say amen? And as you begin to do that, it begins to build your faith and your trust in God. Let's be all in in our faith today. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.